Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And I'm recording, Adam, away you go. Cough. <clears throat> It is Tuesday, which means it's time for the front three with me, Adam Bolt, with the one and only Lawrence McKenna. This yours is... Ooh, it is fun. And, of course, Dave O'Brien. 10,000, 10,000, Dave O'Brien. 10,000, 10,000. 10,000 what, Dave? 10,000 what? Just 10,000, Adam. That's all I want to say today, mate. Is this about a certain video on your YouTube channel, No, it can't be, mate. I don't just talk about me all the time. You should be yeah. proud, Dave. You should rightly be singing about 10,000 views, big milestone. I'm sure all of the front three, all of the listeners, all the whole have been over there to watch ready. If you haven't, get over there, check out Dave's video. Uh, just give us a little a little tease, Dave. What can people expect? Zlatan, Griezmann, Varane, William uh, Carvalho, lots of fun. Didn't yeah. Griezmann sign a new contract at Athletic? Adam, stop it. Right, sorry. Um, Is that enough about my it. content. <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> Let's talk about Euros, guys. Lawrence, so uh, excited. They have a day of shocks in many ways. Let's start with the most recent game: Portugal won, Iceland won. Little old Iceland at their first major tournament, uh, a nation of thirty-three hundred thousand people, I should say, ten percent of their population in the stadium. Apparently, uh, managed to hold Portugal to a one-all draw. Heroic. Performance. I know. So, how much of that population is that? That's a massive portion of their population. Ten percent. Ten percent was in that stadium. That is incredible, isn't it? That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, although you know, obviously, this being their first time at the tournament, they're pretty much making history between each other. I think it's still pretty incredible uh, the, the the way that they chose to play Portugal. But that, that's the point, actually, on these first days is when you speak about every team easing in, and then somehow we're impressed when a team sort of eases someone out. And mm. for that reason, I sort of feel like. What were we to expect from Portugal at this tournament? You know, we we sort of characterised them as what you know these uh, perennial underachievers, um, with a great guy up front, and they're a little bit more than that today. But again, it, it, the same argument comes down with the sum of the parts, doesn't it? Some of the parts of Iceland were as good as the sum of the parts of Portugal. Mm. What do you think Portugal were missing, Dave? Um, there seemed to well, be a well, well, well firstly, Adam, sorry, sorry to jump in here, but the BBC oh. got their oh. stat incorrect. It oh. was actually 8% no. of Iceland. Cause so, Gary Lineker is going to have to write the front three a bloody big apology. Bloody Gary, give me the false information. I knew Dave would correct the stat. I knew you'd call it. Still, um, 8%, 8%, 8%, 8%, 8%, 8%, 8%, 8% is big. It's big, but it's not 10%, Adam. No. 
Yeah, you're right. It is, These it's... margins. These small margins mean a lot. But I think um, I, I enjoyed the Portuguese first half performance. I thought it was excellent. I thought their midfield was really good. The wide, uh, the two forwards that played that, you know, played the wide roles as well at the same time, played it really well. But I feel like they sort of like really took their finger off the gas in the second half. Like Andre Gomez was brilliant in the first half. Wasn't as good in the second half. Obviously, we still had a really, really good performance. You know, mm. my man of the match, you know, this guy. But I've seen him before playing for Valencia. He's been very aggressive and he's um, he's sort of pressed and he's harried. But this was sort of a more creative Andre Gomez. Obviously, got the assist for the goal, created five chances in the game more than any other player on the pitch. So I think for Portugal, they've just got to be mentally a little bit stronger and go until the final whistle and don't think that games are won. Because I think this Portuguese team, as I mentioned in the preview, aren't, play, you know, aren't playing with that natural striker. And it worked very well with Nani and Ronaldo up front in the first half. Nani doing very well, probably should have scored. He should have put that chance away. But he's not, you know, he doesn't usually play as a striker. So that'll come. But what I like with... With that was how, if one of them went wide, the other one would stay in the middle. So if Nani went wide, wide right, Ronaldo would be central. If uh, Ronaldo went left, Nani would be central. I thought it worked really, really well. So I was a little bit disappointed with the second half performance. But credit to credit to Iceland, they did a Leicester City on Portugal. What did you make of Ronaldo's performance, Lawrence? Obviously, all about him. He had a few chances, maybe two that he should have scored from. Yeah, obviously, I think the header was one that he should have scored from. But then I also feel like. Uh, the, the 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 Iceland what do you call them Icelanders Icelandic guys yeah should have the Icelandics <laughs> what do you call what do you call those Icelandias Icelandias Icelandic Icelandic people the lads the Icelanders Icelanders Icelanders, Icelanders. Hey? Icelanders. I think it's Icelanders the Ice Men surely uh, yeah let's go with the Ice Men the Ice Men I feel like the, the, ice, the, the ice Mighty Ducks should have um, come back uh, and. <laughs> That they had a number of chances that they could have scored because I feel like the back line was very much exploited. The fact that uh, you know Pepe basically loses his head every now and again, and uh, Carvalho, as much as he's a good organizer, is definitely one that could be run at. Um, it comes down again though to a system, and it's similar to Belgium in a sense because I feel like if you uh, play them in a certain way, then you can cut off the supply, and it's almost a little bit too obvious where you can cut that off. I, I, I liked I liked their build-up play, and I thought they played in a really positive manner. But I do think that they do have this massive issue at centre back. I think their full-backs are great. I think they've got two really good full-backs: Guerrero, that's moving to Dortmund. They've got uh, Verana that I've been raving about for season after season after his brilliant displays at Wolfsburg. I think their midfield is combative. It's aggressive. It's got a lot of pressing and passing in there. And up front, I mentioned before about the two forwards. I just feel at centre half they've really they've really sort of. You know, not Mr. Mr. Trick, but it feels like this golden generation again in quotation marks. You know, the Belgium reference really just missed two commanding centre backs. And again, if these two players were, you know, five, ten years younger, this Portuguese team would be up there with the favourites in the tournament. I yeah, think that not. inherently is going to be the issue that they will get caught out of centre half. I'd like to see Jose Font there. I thought Jose Font would play next to Pepe after Bruno Alves' red card and his ludicrous headshot on Harry Kane, but they, he did start with Ricardo Carvalho. I think that is a mistake. Potentially as well, playing Fonte with maybe, you know, Pepe is a very rash move. Put Danilo back there, put William Carvalho into defensive midfield. I think there's a number of options for this Portuguese team, and I feel that over the tournament, tactically, they've got to evolve a little bit at the back, especially. Mm, a good result for Iceland then in their first major tournament appearance. Not as good a result, however, that's from the Hungarians being Austria 2-0. Uh, probably the biggest shock of the tournament so far. Now top of Group F. Uh, what did you make of the performance, Dave? Uh, it was very, very good. It was, it was again, um, caught everyone out a little bit like how Romania caught everyone out and didn't sit as deep as we thought. They were very compact. They pressed very well. 
Hungary were a team. Um, I, we'd all written these off. I wrote them off. We, we all wrote them off in the preview. Everyone in the press wrote them off. But that's the beauty of these tournaments is that teams are formed and teams come together. And that's better. The sum of a team is better than one individual star. And again, we saw that against Austria. You know, David Alaba, you'd say he's the star. And Naltovic was very lazy, but they looked very much like Belgium, where the wide forwards didn't work hard enough. They didn't track mm-hmm. back. They, didn't make, they weren't compact enough. Um, and the pressing was so disjoint. It was so easy to beat be that first line of pressure and get into those dangerous areas. That hungry, it was you know brilliant. I, I, that's what we want to see in the Euros. We want to see teams upset the bigger dogs, you know, unexpected teams like Hungary, you know, like Romania, who probably will you know will qualify maybe in third position in that other group. You know, I like the emergence of these sides, but credit to credit to Hungary and their manager. You know how he's got them playing football is a it's sort of the trendy brand at the moment. So you know. Credit to them. There's something quite pure about it, isn't there? Because there's these teams turn up and they're not blind, but they are um, they, they're going to be surprised by what they come up against sometimes. And I think I really like that about international tournaments when they start off. This this these maybe shouldn't be called upsets. These should these deserve a new category of game because it, it it's almost a, it, it, there's something that harks back to the old days when it was sort of like uh, you know you could surprise someone and you know you could go into a training camp people wouldn't be able to. Uh, scout in the same way and you're left with almost the raw materials to put together and you've not got the you know the same amount of money obviously you've got players who've had a huge amount of money invested in them etc etc but there is something really appealing about that and that's what was quite appealing about Austria-Hungary was that you know there was a quite a clear favourite and an older brother almost if you like someone who felt like they would go and dominate um, and you could see that very early on, the confidence and exuberance of Alaba taking the shot very early. Um, and, you know, the players all feeding through him and the contrast yeah. with Hungary and how deflated Austria got as soon as that goal went in. They that second chances. goal, by the way, lovely finish. Mm. Um, also, a memorable day for the, for the Hungry goalkeeper. I thought Ricardo Carvalho was probably the oldest person at the tournament, but it is Gabor Kirali, 40 years old, overtaking Lofa Mateus's record. It's Kirali. Do you not remember Kirali? He was the there from, he used to be a Premier League goalkeeper. Yeah, but I didn't know he was at the Euros. Didn't you? No. He's, no I, I love his, I love his, ever his pants. Appear at a European Championship finals. Still wearing those, those tracky bottoms. Still wearing those tracky bottoms. Still wearing those sweatpants, are you? Yeah. Um, um, again, sort of fits the group on his head. It's going to be fascinating to see Austria take on Portugal on Saturday day. Um, Iceland obviously taking Hungary on the same day. Hungary now will be confident they're going through to knockout stages. I mean, does it change for you who you think is going to finish top? Do you still favouring Austria to come out uh, on the top of that group? I think I went with Portugal, but I think yeah, those two definitely from they'll. I think they'll they'll realise that they've got to work a bit harder, and you know this big shock will you know come back, and they'll you know, hopefully they will improve. But it's very this is a very tight group, very very tight. I'm still going to go with those two uh, progressing, but you know it's, Drag- it's a difficult one to do. Shocking game as well in the getting sent off. Obviously, that wasn't fantastic. Yeah, it was very Any rash, wasn't it? Very very yeah. rash. A very two very silly yellows to pick up, really. Um, and I, I didn't. I, I thought both these games were played a little bit. Uh, the way that the fouling worked was a little bit like basketball. It almost felt like when players couldn't be bothered to actually uh, play the system, they just sort of fouled. And so there were a few gratuitous fouls in the Portugal game and a few gratuitous fouls between Austria and Hungary as well. And it, it's a little bit lazy for me. I've seen that there are better games at the Euros where it's system v system. I didn't mm. quite like the gratuitous fouling. Great result for Hungary then. Great result for Iceland as well. Yeah. Um, great to see the fans celebrating at the end. 8% of the population, Dave. Um, what, what were they chanting during the game? It's, it, on the telly, they saw that it sounded like they were ch- chanting, come on, you Spurs. 
Well, they weren't. Well, but yeah, I can. I, I gathered that. But, Unless uh, maybe they were. Yeah, Spurs fans, the entirety of Iceland is Spurs fans. Um, what, what were they chanting? Do we know? Uh, we are Iceland. We are Iceland. Um, yeah, two, two for one on Vianetta. Bad joke. Um, but they did, that, see, yeah. they did that like, very slow clap thing. And also like, the Austria fans did that for Alaba's free kick. Um, oh, yeah. I love a good, there's some great European chants. Like the Germans do that. Have you ever seen that Germany chant where all the Germany fans, like, they go really quiet and they basically sing in English. It translates something like, uh, this is how you sing. This is how you sing. And then they all go like really loud and really big and they're all like, this is how we sing. And it's really good. Lots of other big news to get through today as well. Um, probably the biggest news, of course, is that Russia were given a suspended disqualification by UEFA, um, it's been announced they will be thrown out of Euro 2016 if their fans cause further trouble in the stadium. Good luck with that, Lille. Um, the, 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 the disqualification <laughs> and the fine relate only to incidents that happened inside the stadium. Uh, so they've been fined 150,000 euros. Uh, and of course, uh, there's already been footage of scenes today, uh, England fans uh, and Wales fans essentially up against Russian fans. Uh, it's not 100% clear whether Russia can be thrown out if there's incidents outside the stadium. So it hasn't been 100% clear, although the talk is that will happen. It's quite harrowing, really, isn't it? Mm. Why, why does it just have to be in the stadium for shit to get real? It's quite worrying, because actually that, the, the blatant video of that guy with the GoPro, which was mostly just his crotch, I will say this, he was terrible at GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> you need he some, some tips on it. Yeah. No one has to I mean, I'm more than happy to give him some GoPro tips, um, if that's what he wants. <laughs> um, because he missed the best of the action, if that's what he was trying to capture, of course. Um, he, so Gabriel McCarty uh, tweeted out some, some helpful tweets saying that uh, the UEFA disciplinary issued the suspended disqualification to Russia. Basically, it's a probation. If there's trouble inside the system, they're out. Inside the stadium, I should say, they're out. But Russia also faced expulsion by the executive committee which is going to be a separate procedure altogether if there is trouble outside the stadium. Um, so it still could happen if they cause trouble today. I don't know if that qualifies as so uh, enough trouble to get them kicked out. Are they actually going to get t- kicked out? Is this just all words? It's all uh, hot smoke, essentially. Um, we're going to have to... Uh, yeah, that's the one. Is it hot air, Adam, or is it hot balls? Hot smoke. Oh, oh. What, about, what, is it? what about a hot boat, maybe? Yes, now we're talking. I mean, I now think we're, we're moving away. I think we're moving away from a really great transition. Or is it hot balls, Adam? I can't. I just have no idea what you want to talk about next, Lawrence. I, I, my, my mind is blank. I want to talk about set blatters, hot and cold balls. <laughs> oh, I thought we wanted to talk about Yergi Love. Sorry. No, um, yeah, sorry. Good point. Set blatter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, governing bodies and, and uh, all, the, all the sorts of naughtiness they get up to. Um, this one is a weird one. It's not quite. It's not 100% clear what Seb Black's trying to say. He's now, trying to say that the, the, they were fixed, that the that somehow what? people were told to pick... I'd imagine that someone was told, pick, you know, pick a hot ball now, pick a cold ball, etc. Et Let's go for his quote. Let's go for his quote. Mm-hmm. So he's been asked by a Swiss newspaper, yeah. La Nation, um, can you cheat in a tournament draw even though millions are watching on screen? Brilliant. Black's reply was, I saw it with my own eyes. Brilliant. It was like cheating. It was for a European competition. Only one team has managed that. It was an Italian side. You can see the balls are drawn are identified by either making them hot or as if they've been cooled. I was a witness. So it's sort of saying, you know, balls in the freezer, I imagine, 
cold to the touch. That's how they can sort of fix a draw. No one can obviously see that through the television screen watched by millions. That's the way they sort but of You probably should have, considering this, Seb, probably should have said something at the time. Exactly, and I'm not quite sure... I don't, quite, I don't care what he's... Who he's implicating, do you know what I mean? Because he sort of said it's a UEFA, essentially. Uh, he said, I never violated a criminal, I had a clear conscience. And he sort of seemed like he was, he was insinuating it was UEFA, nothing to do with FIFA. He was like, I've never done it, you know. Um, I've never drawn lots of other prevalent... Yeah, but you've been pre- witness to it. You're complicit, you dumb... Yeah, yeah, it's not the smartest move ever to say, yeah, I knew there was cheating going on, I did nothing, and, you know... Uh, nothing to do with me sort of thing it's going to like well, hang on what but what I'm trying to say is it's weird that who exactly is it implicating it's just vague enough that he's not implicating anyone in particular but yet he's almost implicating himself in a way it's just bizarre I don't, I don't get it yeah I, I, it's, it's, it's unusual because things. I, I also think it, the issue this obviously raises is that um, it makes G, uh, Infantino not look fantastic because obviously Ooh. his organisation of all those sort of things. Um, I just Seb is Seb's like an old granddad now. He's literally like I've never se- I've never drawn lots. Other presidencies they've taken balls themselves from the pot. I was clean to the last, despite the fact that you, <laughs> you really weren't. Oh, it's all just very. Um, I mean, what, what happens? Uh, I mean, does this people investigate this? Is it? No one knows how long ago it was. Um, I guess you'd sort of say to him you've alluded to it you have to now say something yeah does he not have to you know go on record and and say something so these things can be uncovered officially not just in some interview blase just like yeah 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 people are cheating Um, who cares it's a little bit it's very similar to the whole Lance Armstrong thing isn't it and it's such a obviously such a weird time to have a revelation like that like he so clearly wants to try and ruin someone else's tournament you know what I mean I can't all be just, there, so I'll ruin it for everyone else. And the whole, did you see all the things about Infantino that have been coming out the last few days? There's, there's been recordings leaked from a, from a FIFA council meeting. Uh, so apparently Infantino asked to have these uh, recordings uh, deleted. I think they, uh, they sort of record them for posterity, essentially, at FIFA. Um, and obviously, <laughs> for, obviously to keep people honest. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was sort of in these recordings. He's sort of complaining uh, about the the risery wage he's been offered of a you know a couple of million pounds uh, a year. He wasn't happy about that. Trying to force out key members, uh, p- people who are independent essentially, who are there to try and keep uh, people in check. He's trying to force them out. It's all sorts of just bizarre stuff. And just a few months after his election, promising to to bring a new era to FIFA, it's just more of the same old, same old, isn't it? I'm sure he'll be. Uh, He'll be feeling some some cold or hot balls in the near future, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, in many ways. <laughs> Go to balls. Uh, other news uh, coming around today. We also had the confirmation that Ronald Koeman is the new Everton manager after leaving Southampton. This one's been going on for a little while. It's been confirmed, apparently, uh, that delay was because he was on holiday. He was enjoying himself in the sun and he wanted to be confirmed when he got back from holiday. I had a little chat from PED, with PED, I should say. Toffee, Toffee. TV. TV, yeah. Uh, interesting chat. He said that, you know, was uh, Koeman wasn't his first choice uh, originally. He sort of wanted Unai Emery there, but obviously he's on his way to PSG. Although he wasn't initially happy with Koeman coming in, I think he, he sort of said he sees it now as a statement of intent by Everton to get a manager uh, of Koeman's level. His one league title was obviously on the up. He's an ambitious manager. I mean, he's made no secret of how he wants to, to manage Barcelona one day in the future. 
to, to, to almost take them from a rival, a rival club in the top half of the table, challenging for the, the top six, the top four, maybe. Worries it me. Is, worries me. He's a Liverpool fan. Why? Well, I mean, this is... I mean, it doesn't worry me. I'm, I'm really happy to see them equipping themselves rightly. But you do sort of think that's going to be a really fascinating derby next year. Koeman against Klopp. Do you know that Koeman and Klopp get paid the same amount of money? Really? Wow. Is that really? not mental? <laughs> Jurgen Klopp and Ronald Koeman. Well, what do you that, think? I mean... Oof. Sorry, go on. Well, well, I, was, go I, was, on. I, was, I was just going to say, I mean... Uh, Surely over time, Klopp's wages have got up. But also, I think it's in statement of intent from Everton as to the level of club they want to be at. We discussed this uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we discussed a few weeks ago about the whole Komen going to Everton. How, you know, it makes sense because they've got the new investment there. The new owner, uh, Farad Mashiri, is obviously pledged to to have £100 million available for the managers to spend on transfers this summer. So you can see why it would appeal to Koeman, obviously, the, the wage increase, which uh, plus one level of club, which you just revealed there, is obviously um, a factor as well. But what does it mean for Southampton, do you think, Lawrence? Because you do get the impression Southampton, they always lose their best players every summer, or they're at least always linked with moves away. Now they've lost, perhaps even more importantly, another young, promising manager, uh, obviously ambitious, as I said before. It, one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All depends on who they bring in now. I mean, there's talk of Eddie Howe they're going to try and lure... Um, from Bournemouth, there's talk of Frank de Boer, who's of course linked with Everton himself. I mean, they they do need to get in a name now which satisfies the fans and makes them feel like the club is still moving forward and is still going. Places. I think we've said this though for the last few times that managers have left the club, right? Mm. Mm. And so it, it seems that the system and the board have a bigger yeah. idea and they realise that if a manager... Uh, has other ideas and they can move on and they seem that almost seems to bring a sense of stability because it's a really reflexive way of um you know being able to act and so basically you know when kumi says i'm going to go they're like okay that's fine well i'm not sure they were like okay it's fine they're, 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 i'm sure they weren't too happy when kumi said i'm off they got Koeman, a hefty compensation from it kumi's a manager that has struggled in a number of jobs in his career struggled in valencia struggled at benfica the Southampton system, in a way, overshot his value of a manager. You know, if we looked at maybe not expected goals, but expected points for managers that go to Southampton, I'm sure it will go up a hell of a lot because of the recruitment policy, because of the training facilities, because of the academy. There's a lot of things that you get at Southampton that he won't get at Everton. And he's going to struggle. Did a good, do, you know, do you know, I think he did a good job at Southampton, David? Hey, so again, I think it's a, it's a, you know, you look at the rest of his managerial career where he has struggled. Yes, he did well at Southampton in spells. They were so hot and cold, Southampton. They were really, they were a little bit like Par, um, Newcastle's Pardew, but better than that in a way where they would go six, seven games on a winning streak and then they'd lose for six mm. and seven games. It was like that. Obviously, it, was, it wasn't the same level as Pardew. Pardew was a more of a mid-table season and a team than Southampton did hit some really good form, but it, 
I don't know. I feel the system was more than the manager, and I do feel that's what it is at Southampton. If Eddie, if they get Eddie Howe, that'd be a great appointment. You think Eddie Howe would be the the ideal appointment over the likes of De Boer or Pellegrini's been mentioned, Moyes? Yeah, Eddie Howe every day of the week. Eddie Howe's great, but I think Eddie Howe has, has said he is sort of dedicated to the, the cause of Bournemouth. I like that. I do like that. Um, elsewhere today, uh, we also had Dunga being sacked after Brazil were dumped out of the Copper America by the hand of... It wasn't the hand of God, was it? It was... Uh, what was it the hand of? The hand of Mara God. Hand of Mara God? No, it was the hand of... Where is it? There was some... Uh, oh, I can't even... Can't find it now. Some Brazilian newspaper had a brilliant pump. But either way, uh, it was a controversial goal, to say the least. Um, some people criticising the Brazilians' FA for sacking Dunga based on this. You know, oh, Brazil obviously hard done by to to be knocked out like that. At the same time, it's not like this is really a snap decision. It's been coming for a while now because Dunga has underwhelmed, Dave. Yeah, he has done. Um, obviously, really underperforming again. I thought they'd do all right in Brazil, but not, not getting out of the group stage. Mental Uruguay is all that talent in Dumbtown, yeah, exactly. You know, two of the guy, two of the people that we predicted to win the tournament. We probably should quit, yeah. our, quit doing this, right? Uh, start again, yes. Well, all maybe base, baseball, that, NBA. The only thing that gives us any sort of insurance is the fact that Chris also said that Uruguay were going to win the tournament. That makes me feel a little bit better about it because he's you know an expert, I think it's safe to say, on this sort of stuff. And even he said Uruguay were, were going to do well. Yeah, so let's go with Mexico. Mexico for the championship. <laughs> let's go <for> Mexico. <laughs> Mexico. Uh, first time they've knocked out of the group stage of the Copa Americas uh, since 1987. Uh, Dunga obviously previously in charge from 2006-2010, winning the Copa America in 2007. No such luck uh, this time. Um, obviously Neymar, a big, uh, a big miss for Brazil. Just the, the whole... Selection as well, Lawrence. They were missing so many key players. Uh, David Luiz was was not there. Thiago Silva, uh, Marcelo, Dani Alves, all of them missing. It felt like you know, it didn't it feel that like not chosen, not chosen essentially. Yeah. So it felt like it was always going to go wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, this squad is still very strong. Probably should have been able to compete at the tournament. Uh, I feel like Dunga always sort of had the knife, the long knives coming for him, in a sense. Um, that people weren't particularly happy with him. He never really got to balance the squad because of the amount of people he fell out with. I think ultimately he was he was always this kind of stopgap manager that basically was affording time for the uh, FA in Brazil to find someone that they thought fitted what they wanted. And they still mm. haven't found that. I, I remember Chris Simmons were there, they're, they're sort of struggling in uh, qualification for the World Cup as well. I think they're, they're six in their group or something like that. So, yeah, it's not necessarily a snap decision, although getting dumped out of the Copa America that way was uh, tough to take. Uh, yeah, especially considering their front line. I mean, it was still a pretty good front line. Coutinho still up there. And I think it, it, the, that's the problem is this becomes demoralising for that generation of players who are sort of tarred with the same brush, if you like. Maybe they'll win the Olympics. Hey, Neymar's there. And he's pieing up right now, preparing in the, in the perfect fashion in Las Vegas. Uh, so he's going to be in peak condition for the Olympics, I'm sure. Um, finally, FIFA 17, Lawrence, I've got here. Yes. Um, I mean, there's just a new there's a new FIFA trailer out. Jose Mourinho. Um, are you a big FIFA man, Lawrence, yourself? No, I mean, to be honest, I've not played and I don't have a console right now. So Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, Dave, are you a FIFA man yourself? I, I, I used to love FIFA, Football Manager, you know, 
all those fun things before you, you realise that you've got yeah. to start working hard to make those millions. Yeah, I was pretty banging it. The last good FIFA I was good at was 15. I was pretty solid at that one. Division one uh, type it's of player. Deep. So, But yeah, I just, you know, I, I used to put too much time into computer games and I realised that it's now time to make people fun in other ways. Yeah, to be an adult. Yeah, attention. exactly. Um, the new game mode, which is it's got a lot of positive attention. I think the fans are very happy to see this. Something they've been asking for for a long time is the journey, where you can experience life in the Premier League. Um, you sort of take on the the role of this rising star. It feels like the Marcus Rashford story, essentially. Uh, so you're playing a character called Alex Hunter. You pick on any club in the Premier League. You know, you get the managers in the game for the first time, so you can sort of converse as Lawrence said there, with Jose Mourinho, or uh, or. Ronald Koeman at Everton, for example, and you can sort of experience it all, the, the highs and lows, the behind-the-scenes journeys, all this sort of stuff. For me, this isn't that interesting because uh, I do play FIFA quite a lot, but it's more of a pick-up-and-play thing. You pick it up, you play one game, on the internet, you're done sort of thing. But for a lot of people who do uh, sort of want to see a more immersive game mode, essentially, it does feel like kind of, I think I said on TFL Live the other day, it feels like a sort of Grand Theft Auto for FIFA, essentially, where you can sort of play through the story. Um, so it's pretty exciting. It quite exciting uh, I'm not sure how far I'll get into it I mean I can't even remember the last game I completed which had uh, a story mode essentially never completed what was the last GTA GTA 5 GTA 5 I didn't oh. complete that either yeah I think I got about halfway mm. through it I was like oh, I can't, be, can't bother that I'm just going to drive around a little bit um, kill a few people evil man you Adam hey um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with killing people randomly on computer games um, solid points that many people enjoy um, I prefer, <laughs> I do prefer Viva though. I sort of uh, bought Destiny on the Xbox, played it once, never played it again, and just played FIFA. I should probably sell out on eBay or something, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, I did used to enjoy Pro Evo. Pro Evo was good. Oh, Pro Evo used to be so good. It was the, the, the number one. 2003, you know, you had all those incredible teams on it. Adriano was incredible on that game. I used to love building those teams, the champion, the whatever, whatever they were called. Teams. Yeah. And then. So good. FIFA EA Sports sort of came in they spent their money wisely on all the licenses and uh, absolutely smashed it it's got to be said um, so they're going full strength I think the journey's a new game mode um, I think it comes out in September um, I'll certainly be buying it if not for that game mode uh, at least to smash a few people online I do enjoy doing that um, I think I'll quite comfortably beat both of you probably 10 nil each maybe something like that Adam FIFA 15 mate any day of the week. You want to go back to FIFA 15? Any about, day of the week, mate. About level playing field. We go and play Pro Evo 2003. Mate, you don't want to see me on Pro Evo, mum. That was I'm disgusting. Ricoba, Adriano. Yeah. It's all talk away. Let's, let's do the talking on the pitch. Day, a day yeah, right. special. Actually, we call okay. it free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How do you record stuff off a of PS1, though? I don't think that even... Mate, we'll do it. We'll get some computers up. We'll set some uh, cameras up. We can do this stuff. Um, let's move on to a little preview uh, of tomorrow's games. Um, we've also got Russia. Russia? Russia? Slovakia coming mm. picked out by then. Um, as you said, Lawrence, uh, the England fans sort of converging in Lille, uh, along with Russian fans. It, it could be a bit spicy tomorrow. Yep. Uh, yeah. Although it might not be spicy because they might have just got thrown out the tournament. Yeah. Hopefully. I doubt it. I hope not. I mean, I hope that both teams can sort of, um, you know, uh, bring things together. Uh, the, the only problem is I still, there's a sort of Iron Curtain-esque kind of narrative going on there. Uh, Russia were fine against England, but they weren't, 
I feel like Slovakia will take this one 2-1 Wow that is a bold prediction yeah. uh, What do you reckon Dave? Um, I uh, hope Slovakia 4-0 yeah, but Dave, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Slovakia 5-0. <laughs> Lovely. Absolutely. I think... Uh, Hamzik hat-trick. Slovakia look, did look good against Wales. They did friend a few times, but I think, you know what, it's going to be one all. I'm going to go for that. All these games are tight, you know. Um, also tomorrow, uh, we've got Romania, Switzerland, Lawrence. Uh, yeah. you looking forward to this one? Yeah, pretty fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in the headline, Shakiri beforehand. What if... Uh, the coach of Kosovo mm. wants me to be captain. Of course, I'm thinking about it. I think that. Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you do that? Can you just switch like that? Uh, I think you can because of uh, the whole situation with Kosovo. So yes, yes, you can. Is that? It's fine, and does I think FIFA have to, like, but, ratify that though. Or? Um, the, well, yeah, of course, but I think FIFA are sort of happy with that because obviously the status of Kosovo and those sort of things, uh, and also the fact that. I, I guess the issue is if you're Kosovan and you're sort of saying the only reason you're coming back is kind of ego, then do we really want you as part of the country? Um, it's quite disruptive as well. Shakiri's a starter within this tournament. Uh, I think it's more of that someone saved a, um, a headline and wanted to sort of upset a few people, which is terrible. He apparently could switch nationalities due to the fact that Kosovo will be a new affiliate nation. Yeah, as so such. He, ne- he never had the up, chance, basically. Up yeah. yeah. Um, okay, interesting. I wonder how that's going to go down with. Will that go down well with the the Swiss, or do they, you know, accept this? Well, I mean, the I Albanians to... were booing him every time he touched the ball. They were booing him. They were booing Barami. Also, they're booing another one that was of, uh, sort of that origin. So yeah, but he was he didn't work hard at all. It was it was it was poor defensively. It was awful. Xhaka had a massive go at him. Barami had a massive go at him, and he was just sulking. He's a player that I hope doesn't get to any uh, any decent, uh, no higher level than he's at because he just doesn't have the attitude. His attitude stinks, and again, this highlights it. Stinks. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I mean, essentially, it, you know, as soon as Kosovo came back, it would have been great if he could have stated his intention, but he didn't. Um, he didn't. There's a time and a place, really. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, probably. Although you'd up. imagine that he's he's basically pushing to become captain, but he won't because of uh, the status of uh, Shaka and a couple of other guys in the team. Why, why would they make him captain ahead of everyone else? Um, what do you reckon of the actual result? Romania, uh, somewhat impressive against Switzerland France. 2-1. 2-1? Hard to disagree with that. Uh, yeah, Switzerland 2-1. Their fullbacks were awesome. Awesome? Absolutely awesome. Um, finally, France v Albania. Um, the hosts featuring for the second time, of course. Albania missing uh, their captain. Missing the captain. Yeah, so Sander got sent off in the last game. Oh, of course he did. Um, you still mm-hmm. favour them to come through that game uh, with all three points, let's say. Yes, Albania with all three points in this one. Yes! <laughs> um, yeah, obviously France are the massive uh, the, the massive favourites in this one, but Albania will sit deep and make them essentially cross and cross and cross. I do feel like in the end France will come through with a win, but obviously the, the heart says you'd love to see an upset. They've got Payet, Dave. That's all that matters, right? They do, but, but you know, Deschamps needs to think about his midfield. His midfield, sort of taking Pogba off for, for Martial was such a stupid move tactically. Didn't make any sense. You, took, you left two runners on the pitch. You needed a ball player at that time to beat, uh, to, to unlock a very compact defence. He needs to be more smarter with that. Whether it goes with Pogba, with um, Angulo Conte in central midfield and then um, a three behind 
the main striker of Griezmann, Payet and Martial behind Giroud. That's what I would like to see. And I think that's what a lot of France fans would like to see, that partnership of Pogba and Gula Conte. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect to the partnership. I do also think Pogba yeah. will get a bit more space in this game, whereas Kante will have to leave or operate in maybe a slightly deeper role or a... Uh, uh, sorry, Payet will have to operate in a slightly deeper role or, uh, I mean, if he operates at all in the game, if he does play, um, then he won't have the same amount of space because Albania will be very compact. What about the Copper America? Lawrence, a few games coming up. Uh, firstly, Argentina, Bolivia. Yeah, exciting stuff, isn't it? I, I mean, I, we we will have, basically, the reason I mentioned Copper America is we're going to have a review of the entirety of the group stages up on youtube over the next few days featuring Kristen and a Whoa. couple of other american colleagues as well oh lovely yeah look forward um can you share us any names lawrence people people who are on the on the the video yes yes it will be uh, the guys from world, <laughs> the world soccer talk podcast who are doing their own oh. copper america podcast so there's, there's someone called nipun chopra who's an excellent podcaster and there's another guy called Kartik Krishnai, who's one of the um, america's most sporting um and the experiencely journey lovely oh, i'm looking forward to that um why do you think obviously the copper america's uh, we've seen some fantastic goals i'd say um but it does seem to be a lack of interest on these shores uh, why do you think that is? Is it because the, the big teams get knocked out or just because we don't have sort of a reference point for what it means, whereas of, of course we do for the Euros? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people do know what it means. I just think that, it, it, first of all, it's on a really unsociable time. Um, mm. It's also that people sort of see it as a poorer cousin, if you like. It's also that it's not as advertised. It's not on a very accessible network, all those kind of things. So people have to really search to go and find it. Um, yeah. But it doesn't mean it's any less. I think it's still a fascinating tournament for different reasons. Um, but, it, you know, the, the problem is it's, it is a really antisocial time. Who can stay up until 1 or 2 or maybe even 5 a.m.? I think if if we see, uh, you know, Mexico and, and Colombia and the U.S. get through to the, the semis from the quarters, and assuming Argentina get there as well, I think that's when the int interest might ratchet up. Because um, obviously Messi always draws attention. If you get the U.S. in there, as I say, James Rodriguez, Javi Hernandez, if you've got those star players there facing off against each other, I think that's when the, the interest might melt. A couple, a couple of that. people are sort of saying that it, it's, it was a mistake to take it to North America um, because it was, uh, or the US, because it was, um, you know, it, it, people felt it was rushed and it was quite a rushed uh, planned mm -hmm. tournament, those sort of things. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think uh, some people in South America are angry about it, essentially. Okay. Interesting stuff. Um, well, I think that brings then to the the front three. Unless there's any other business to know. Um, I mean, we've got some lovely tweets over the last few days. I'd love to hear a bit more, um, a bit more from people on Twitter. See what people say. Oh, anything in particular you want to hear about players that they've noticed in the Euros or the Coppers or? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what people think tactically. I'm really interested in tactics, Ooh. less so about individuals. Ooh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, and where can the good people tweet us, Lawrence? Uh, at the front three. Uh, T-H-E-F-R-O-N-T, <laughs> numeral three. Or at Lozcast, L-O-Z-C-A-S-T. Well, what about you, Dave? Um, we'll go on to Twitter and um, the at D-X-N-99 underscore. Um, I did a tweet today. Me and a few of the youth boys are on our way up to France for the Russians. Text me to mob up 0771546342. So if anyone fancies a bit of a scrap uh, with the Russians, 
uh, come join me. Dave, you really are um, uh, pushing a fine line. Do I have to beep that number out? Uh, is that a real Twitter account, Dave, or did you make that up? Yeah, no, it's just some banter that's flown around this evening. Okay. So just cut all this out and then be like, then, so, so go back into it now. Um. <laughs> just some banner that's floating around you know um here's one tweet for you lawrence nick sweets at sweet since he said very much agree with everything you said lawrence in yesterday's podcast hashtag dickheads hashtag scary country hashtag chickens roosting hashtag boat yeah. lovely stuff <laughs> i mean i do, I do uh, I, i've also spoken to a few russians since um Ooh. Alex, I think, tweeted me and sort of said he felt very upset by the way that we portrayed Russia and that not all Russians were like that. Um, but also that the Western that, media has... A sp- no, we obviously didn't say that, but I think, you know, it can obviously feel a bit like a um, uh, an onslaught sometimes, especially if you don't feel like it's being portrayed fairly. Yeah, uh, I think, I, but I was going to say, po- politics and people are very different. You know, there's a very yeah. small number of individuals that influence politics. It's just... It is a small minority. As it is with England fans, it's the same frustration when mm. you, hear, you see England fans abroad and they're like, oh, England fans are all hooligans, we're all getting pissed up and ruining it for everyone. It's not really the case. If people are causing trouble, it is always a small majority, a minority, I should say. And the same with Russia. With these 150 troublemakers, a lot of them have obviously been deported now. Um, it hasn't stopped the trouble um, as of yet, yeah, it's safe to say. But when it just feels like when Russian officials and players are coming out and sort of saying... It's not really our fault, and you know it's all unfair. It's uh, you know we had the the coach came out and sort of said it, there was unethical behaviour on the part of the English fans doing the Russian national anthem. You know, sort of comparing that to what the, the Russian fans did. It, it feels a bit, just feels a bit nonsensical. Really. Things aren't comparable. You need to treat them on an individual basis. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we sort of had the FA sort of you know obviously they criticised Russia, but they also criticised their fans. We had the, the we had those those. Quite still with messages, as we said, from Rooney and Hodgson saying, you know, be sensible, be safe. So there, there is some acknowledgement, you know, if not face on, that, you know, England fans are not perfect, essentially. And they do need to be sensible yeah. and not get kicked out of the tournament, essentially. Um, the Russian fans don't seem to, to be as interested as of yet, that minority. Um, but anyway, listen, that brings it into the front three. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow in Lille with the Russia game going on if there is any more trouble for now though enjoy your evening hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands and the best part They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market and enjoy tomorrow's games. <laughs> 